the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. And step into As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. It's my hope that this show empowers you in righteous action on behalf of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think oftentimes we don't fully grasp the context of our faith, and things happen, and perhaps we make bad choices, and we sometimes take it personally or think we failed, but what we don't realize is that there are unseen forces arrayed against us as part of this spiritual war. And so we want to talk about that because our opportunity, the risks, and the threats are all in those unseen forces. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my relentlessly kind and loving wingman. Hello, everyone, and thank you for those kind comments. Uh, folks, I got to tell you, truthfully, Christy is one of the kindest person, people, persons, people I have ever met. I don't know. I could be a person. You could be whatever you want. <laughs> Before we begin today's conversation, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, on the battlefield of this world, we are challenged daily. You call us to love our neighbor, and sometimes it can be a struggle. Help us, Father, to be humble, to understand that we are all made for different service in your kingdom and to focus on that each day as we strive to glorify you in all things. We thank you and we bring our prayers to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So, friends, today we're talking about the context of our faith, which, as always, is war. And if you wonder why I think that's so important to talk about, it's because, as I said in the opener, sometimes things happen and we impute failure to ourselves. We impute that we're not good enough. I like that word, impute. We attribute to ourselves that 
we're messing up. And we may very well have messed up. We may have made bad choices, but there is also a greater context to all of this, and it's a battlefield. It is, and I think you use the word sometimes. I'm I'm thinking most of the listeners out there, <laughs> like, yeah, all the time, often. I think way too much, and what we don't realize is we are on a battlefield. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've heard me say this in the past, from Genesis chapter 3, verse 3, when the serpent begins his attack on Eve, to Revelation chapter 22, the entire context of the Bible is about war. And so there are a lot of beautiful radio shows on, and there are a lot of amazing ministries which speak to the opportunity that we have in Christ. But what I believe in the strange combination of my background as a colonel in the Marines, as a Jew who believes in Jesus, as a guy who's been in combat, and as somebody who loves Jesus, all of that comes together in this perception of things, this perspective, this mental model. And so we're going to talk about mental models here in a second, but what I really want to try to help you to understand is that when things seem crazy and when it's painful and the suffering that we experience, whether you're watching TV or the news or any of these things, it's part of the context of our faith and that it hurts for very good reasons. Yeah, I think what I'm hearing in there is that we might think the world is one way right. and things are happening to us, but there's something else going it's on. It's not what we think it's it is. It's not what we think it is. There's something else going on in the background and we, we don't get it. We just think the world is hard and the world is against us, but there's something bigger going on. L let me give you an example. A lot of people struggle with the notion that life is unfair. Right. Lot. And that's deep in our psyche. We see bad things happen to good people and we see good things happen to bad people. If we keep our current perception and our current perspective, our worldly perspective, our worldly mental model, we can say life is unfair. But if we think to ourselves, well, you know what? We serve a just God. Right. God is just. So how can life be unfair? And then you start doing some serious thinking. And, you know, most of us don't think a lot anymore. Mostly we look at our cell phones or we turn up the music or we turn on the TV because we don't actually just sit with things and think. But if you sit with that, if you serve a God who is fair and things seem unfair, there must be more to the story. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So if life seems unfair, then this can't be all there is. There must be more. There must be a whole nother component. And in fact, there is. It's an unseen component. It's an eternal component. It's a heavenly spiritual component. And in that full expression of life or experience, this is just a little piece. Right. And what we know is that this present suffering is just a little bit, and that our reward is in heaven. And in fact, our reward is according to our faith and our contributions and the, uh, the heart that we bring to things. Well, you say we, we know, but what about that person who doesn't know, right? So a Christian may grasp that, uh, maybe. That's a good question. I know in my faith for when I became a Christian, when I was just about turning... Well, I won't say my age, 
about 20 years ago <laughs> that um, I got, you know, a little bit of it then, and it's grown over the last uh, 20 years. But if I'm thinking that way, then things are making a little bit more sense, right? As I grow in my faith that I do know that there's something else going on, but I didn't then. What about the people who don't know Christ? Right. My heart breaks for them. Um, Here's a wild story. In combat, a little firefight that maybe lasts 30 seconds can seem like it lasts a long time. I can only imagine. Um, I think some of you probably know I'm a Marine jet pilot, and I'm also a Marine ground officer. And I was just telling a story before the show about this thing called time compression, there's a delay on the jet I used to fly, an EA-6B Prowler. When the pilot pulls the ejection handles, there, there's a 1.2-second delay, which allows the other three guys to be ejected from the airplane. And friends of mine who have ejected say that that 1.2 seconds lasts so long that they sit there thinking their seat failed. And you have time compression. And my point is that in this life, in this world, as pressure is applied to us on a daily basis, we focus right in front of our feet. We right. focus Absolutely. right here, right now. Why is this happening? This is crazy. And we're distracted from the eternal component of things, which is heaven and God and this bigger picture. So all of these things that we've spoken to are the mental model that we have of this world, the perspective And a mental model is made up of your upbringing, your education, your uh, geography. For example, I grew up in South Africa, so my perception of things is slightly different than somebody who grew up in Alabama, for example. Well, that's probably a bad example because (laughs) if you grew up in Alabama, your perspective is different from absolutely everybody else. (laughs) I don't know about that. Did Uh, you grow up in Alabama? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I have a friend who's from Alabama and... So it's always nice to... Well, it's it's interesting you say. I mean, I lived abroad from ages three to seven. And I, oddly enough, I missed out on some of the cartoonish shows that we grew up, yeah. kids grew up in uh, within the United States. And I had Crazy Cat and uh, The Flying Nun, you know, and it was different things that, that made an impression on me. So I saw the world a different way. I see it differently than people who grew up three to seven here in the United States. Okay, so these are our mental models. The way that we see things. The way that we see things. The way that we look at the world. We're confronted on a daily basis with the things that we can see and the things that we can touch. And it makes a lot of sense that we think that's all there is. Right. And then the devil makes use of this. Mm -hmm. In his information operations campaign, information operations is a type of cognitive warfare. Cognitive warfare is the battle between truth and evil and right and wrong. Cognitive warfare means I'm going to try and manipulate the enemy's perception in a way that benefits me. I'm going to make him think that he's less powerful than he is or that I'm more powerful than I am. There's a great story about a famous Marine, I think it was Dan Daly, who had to go and meet with this Pasha or somebody else uh, in the Middle East, and he took the four tallest Marines he had 
these guys were all huge because he wanted the Pasha to think that all Marines were huge like that. Hmm. And so he completely influenced the meeting by bringing these huge dudes. So the devil does that to us. He wants us to think that life is unfair. (laughs) That life isn't fair. He wants us to think that we're flawed. He wants us to think that God isn't real. Despite the fact that we blame God for everything, a lot of people don't give him credit for anything. Right. So we digress slightly. But what we're talking around is Christian ethics and the way we perceive ourselves in the world. And a brilliant chapter of the Bible that speaks right to this is Romans chapter 12. Oh, yeah, it does. And so um, Paul, who wrote Romans, wrote most of his letters to churches that were having issues. The church of Corinth, Ephesus, and so forth, if they were having certain types of struggles, he wrote letters to them. But Romans is a church to which he had never been. So he wasn't really writing to address a problem. He was just talking about the Christian faith, and it's his letter that is the most theological. It's the most doctrinal, and it was written in about 58 AD, so he had been a Christian for a long time. And he really says some amazing things in there. For example, the first verse, he says, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So our perspective, our mental model, can first be that on this battlefield, in amongst all of this stress and hardship, we have amazing potential in the kingdom of God, and that we will offer ourselves, whether you're in church to worship, whether you're at work to worship, whether your job is in a 7-Eleven, whether your job is in an airliner, or a radio studio, that is your place of worship. Every place is a place of worship. Right. Uh, Pastor Steve, remember, he once said to me that I work a lot. Right. uh, Because between my Marine Corps job, still drilling in the reserves, and my airline job, and uh, speaking engagements and so forth, I'm always going around. And I said to him, my work is just the vehicle that I drive from one place of ministry to the next. Yeah. And so we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, bringing everything that we have and are to God. The devil's not going to allow that. No. (laughs) He's not just going to let you think that you're uh, all that. The next piece that Romans talks about is how we're all different. And we all have different talents and experiences and faith and that we bring those things together kind of like the body parts. Paul loves the metaphor of the body, and the Church of Christ is like the body of believers, and there's legs, and there's arms, and there's ears, and there's and eyes, hands. and hands. Right. And so it would be silly to think that, oh, I'm a hand, that leg is silly. Well, no, the leg does a different job than you. Right. And it would be equally silly for the leg to think, well, I'm not a very good eye. Right. And so these are all things that the devil says to us. And I know this can sound kind of weird, but what we're talking to is your perception of yourself within the community of believers, which is all taking place on this battlefield. Which the devil loves because he divides us. He separates us uh, because we're always looking at the differences, but differences being bad versus difference as being good. And I, I often say this, is difference just different, difference not wrong. Yeah, it, it, it's hilarious to me that the world wants you to believe that we're all the same, 
And then it wants you to believe that there's diversity. Well, hold on a second. You just got through telling me that we're all the same. Are we different or are we all the same? I know, right? We're all the same in terms of our value in the kingdom of God and the opportunity that we have, but we fulfill that in different ways. And so, as we know, the devil's not going to sit back while you build the kingdom of God, so he's going to come against you. He's going to bring forces against you. And again, back to Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says, Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. And I introduce this at this point to just basically say there is so much good. The devil wants you to believe that it's all bad, but there are people going about their um, unique business, their unique opportunity every day, just doing amazing things for the kingdom of God and striving. Those of you who know me and listen to the show a lot know that I just have such deep respect for single mothers striving to to raise their families. And uh, I don't care if it's the guy at work who comes and collects the trash or if it's the lady in the lunchroom, just such good that you see on a daily basis if you look for it, and it says here, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. And so what's coming to mind is something that maybe people have heard, but believing is seeing, seeing's not believing. And that's faith, wow. right? And I know that say that again, believing is seeing. So you're, you're saying that hate what is evil, cling to what is good. And you, you say, look for the good. Yeah. Mental models shift our perspective. See the good. You will find it. Believing a scene. Yeah, look for it. I'm thinking about Nietzsche, who was a bit of a crazy dude. Uh, he said, uh, I think, therefore I am. So uh, we've spoken about the think, feel, act cycle in previous shows and Christie's uh, transformational coach show. That's in the heart of her strength. But so we think of ourselves as a living sacrifice. We don't think of ourselves more highly than we ought, which is an important point. We don't think too much of ourselves. You know how sometimes you can have all these incredibly spiritual feelings and then the guy cuts you off in traffic <laughs> and you're... Don't get me on that soapbox. <laughs> you're doing things that you would never do under normal circumstances. Driving your car is worship as well. Well, okay. Christy has a thing about driving. <laughs> but anyway, my point is just don't run around thinking you're perfect, that you're better than that guy who's cutting you off because probably just five minutes ago you were cutting somebody else off. So let's think of everybody as valuable. Let's think of this living sacrifice that we can be. Let's not think of ourselves as too highly than we ought. Let's not think that we're at Disney World. Let's really understand that this is going to, this is a battlefield and the devil is going to bring uh, seen and unseen forces against you. Let's realize that there's a lot of good and that we have an amazing opportunity and it's different from other people's opportunity and God is fair in the grand eternal sense. So life, this little blink on earth might not be fair, but in the grand scheme, we serve a just and faithful God. I'm thinking about the conversation God had with Abraham when he was about to destroy Sodom. And Abraham said, well, hold on a second. What if there's 45 righteous men? Far be it from you, the God of the universe, to destroy the good with the evil. And God's like, okay, uh, fine, 45 men, I won't do it. And then Abraham says, well, what about 30 men and 25 men? And they have this negotiation. And we serve a just God. So if things don't seem fair right now, 
It's understandable, but this is not all there is. So that brings us to this very important verse. Chapter 12, verse 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Friends, we wouldn't have this radio show if we all understood and if we all got it and if we weren't oftentimes having difficulties, if we all had the right perception and mental model and we brought that to bear every day. We all struggle. And and so if we can be joyful in the hope of Christ and in the understanding that we serve a faithful God for all eternity and if we can be patient in these little times of affliction and faithful in prayer, bringing everything to God, then as we focus on his kingdom and as we refuse to conform ourselves to the world, right. there's a, uh, the second verse says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. If you look at the Greek word for patterns, it actually is like fashions. Hmm. So don't, don't worry about the fashions of this world. Right. You remember George Bush uh, Sr. when he was the president, he said, Stay the course. Not going to do it. <laughs> Wouldn't be prudent. Are you doing impressions now on the show? Yeah, I'm not trying to, nor would I ever disrespect President no, Bush. He was course awesome. Not. <laughs> so, friends, that's uh, the truth, and it brings us to the moment of truth, uh, which is also Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It sounds easy. It's not, because this is a battlefield, and when things feel difficult, it's because this is a battlefield. If I miraculously picked you up and plopped you down in Afghanistan and you would see all these Marines running around in camis and it would be a combat zone and everything would feel very threatening and nothing would make sense, you would be thinking, what the heck is going on? And if you tried to live your normal life, you would not have much success. But if you could allow a new mental model which says you're in Afghanistan, you were miraculously transported here. So things don't make sense because they're not what you think they are. This world is not what we think it is. We are spiritual beings living in the world, and that's why it's hard. Our opportunity is in each other. It's in the individual gifts that God uses for his purposes, whatever they are, though they may be suffering, and together in Christ, in his truth, we can come against this enemy. And that brings us to our quote of the day, Abraham Lincoln, I love him. Me in, too. In talking about enemies and the way we perceive this world, he was criticized for not being ruthless with his political enemies. And Abraham Lincoln said, do I not destroy my enemies when I make them my friends? Mm. So that is the very difficult job that we have as Christians to understand the context of our faith, to realize it's not candy canes and marshmallows, to think about the gift that we have in Christ and to bring that gift to bear on this world, which has a different mental model and it won't like it. I think that helps just to understand that there's something else going on. Hopefully some of the listeners are going, ah, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. There's something else going on. That's why it doesn't make there sense. There is something else going on. And we're going to talk about that over the next couple of weeks the context of Christianity and our culture. It really is our hope that we will put on our helmets and the shield of faith and we will give ourselves to God and bring all that we have to his use. 
So friends, as we wrap up, Courageous Christianity is a public ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. Your support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Should you want to contribute to this ministry, you may do so by texting the amount you'd like to donate to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. For a donation of $25 or more, we'll send you a book signed by me, the author, called Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. Again, you can text to give $25 or more to 281-800-4940 and you'll receive a signed copy of my book. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Should you want to reach us, we can be contacted at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com or 281-656-1833. And if you want to catch previous episodes of Courageous Christianity, you can listen to them at kkht.com under the Programs tab by selecting Podcasts and looking for Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, and that's me. Friends, thanks for joining Christy and me today. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.